Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, my talkers, it is a hump, hump, hump day, and we're hanging out with Lori and Julia here at My Talk 1071 Studios. We've got a great hour ahead, so sit back and enjoy Lori and Julia. Oh, God. I was Thank a little, you. You I could be an that. Emmy announcer. Yeah, right? I got a little excited. Because they had a little DJ there, you know. And I saw that. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. yeah. Boy, the Emmys got, to, they didn't get a big lot of ratings. No, no, they didn't. But again. Not a surprise. It's against the biggest football game. And football people watch. First and night of football, yeah. I am also going to point out this. They had exactly one show from network TV. Yeah, I know. Abbott Elementary. Yeah. Most of the shows that are nominated have small, what would you call it? Independent, independent audiences. audiences. This is us got robbed. Um, 100%. Ghosts is a yeah. very good show. Oh, I that, love Ghosts. Yeah, you know, I mean, they had... And they, again, Succession had like 32 noms. They they were, they didn't do the work. Uh, right. And it's almost like has. the Emmys is produced for the inside crowd. I mean, the in the like the black lady sketch show should have won over SNL. I am sorry. I don't know why SNL wins all the time. Yeah, it's lazy voting. I think it's lazy voting. And so the viewers just aren't tuning in. And you know, Gina Davis got like five minutes to talk about something. That was but I mean, it, she does a great thing, but it was so boring. Yeah, it just, you know, like, they could have had, they didn't have any reunion cast there. I mean, they're kind of, you know, they're lucky they almost got six million people, <laughs> if you ask me. But again, again, how dumb it is to do it. They but said, they had to do it on that day. There was no I other would date. switch the date of the Emmys. What, why would they ever have it on it's Compete with Football? It's always been a so traditional what? thing. Switch it. Because these things are set in advance yeah. with how they negotiate. They had settled on this date. And yeah. maybe maybe with the Players Association, because they recently negotiated something in the NFL, right. maybe they set this date set before this they up, knew that. It was a huge game on Monday night, yeah. right? With the, was it the Seattle and Denver? Well, Sunday. It was Sunday, wasn't it? The, no, 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 Monday was MBS. Yeah, yeah, it was the first Monday. Monday night. And the biggest thing, too, is it was the first Monday night with Joe Buck and Troy Aikman, right. which was a big change. It, it was probably something they wanted to avoid, but... Due to, you know, the scheduling. So I asked my mom, I said, uh, did you watch any of the football game? Because she um, does not like to watch football with my sister. So my sister goes over to my brother's house. My sister is very dramatic, noisy, loud. And your mom and your brother live like two row houses away or something. Yeah, they live a block apart from each other. And she's a big Seahawks fan. And anyway, my mom watched Emmys, but she watched the last five minutes. And she was so offended. At Seattle fans for turning on. Oh yeah, um, Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson. They did right away. The minute right he walked away, out, this, yeah. And she just thought it was absolutely disgusting. And she, I guess, Russell in his presser afterwards, was, he was traded. Huh? He, he was, was traded. traded. He didn't. Yeah, no, he go. didn't want to go. And he yeah. said, 
I feel really bad. It was a really Good hard game him. to play because I gave everything to this community. Good for him. He, and was, he really did. He really he's did. He's a real like open man to the community for yeah, sure. Yeah, he's involved with kids and cancer and you know all the stuff that you want your He said and I really thought that I would have had some more graciousness. Yeah. And kindness and that my makes mom, me happy. Yeah. He said that. Yes, and my mom said that it made her feel so bad and that she was so mad at these what did she call it? The 12th man is a vicious fan base. Yes, that's, that's what she well, said. She said they are not they're, they're not a good good people. They're, they're knowing for be the being the loudest, the 12th man. They are yes. there's 11 men on the field and they have been given the 12th man award because they are the loudest most aggressive crowd there is yeah. outside of the loss or outside of the Raiders, but yeah, they they treated him poorly and it was sad. He that's gave them terrible. So calling years. him prom king and yeah. you know just like every time he went to play you know it was just big noise big noise big noise and it was bad noise not and you want to know the other thing i have a problem with because i i peaked i went back and forth i like football i love football I can't stand it when they wear those ninja green outfits. Oh, those are terrible. Oh, I think ugly. those are the loser outfits. The neon green, the markers, the highlighters. They yes. look like highlighters. But they it, look man highlighters running back and man forth. Man onesies and they it's so they, I think they always lose in those. But they unless won. they're playing they the Vikings because they 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 they, 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 they uh, unless they they're playing the Vikings because we've played them twice with those and they beat us. It's the most have. obnoxious thing to watch on TV it though. It is. It is. It, because they and then the grass is a different color. It just it doesn't work. Visually. It's loud. Yeah, it's, it's just very loud. Yeah, but it, it, it just doesn't work. You feel like you're watching a, a VH a game. You're not alone. A lot of people a criticize video games. these yeah. jerseys across the league. It's a very common. Right. It's but wasn't ugliest. Denver supposed to win this game? But yeah, that was a big thing there because but they, poor coaching. Yeah, that was okay. horrible coaching. The coaches come out and said that he completely screwed up. They oh, had a did. chance at the end of the game. They paid two hundred fifty-six million dollars to bring Russell Wilson in a trade. So it was a trade signing deal where they traded for him and. They gave him his contract. Seattle wasn't willing to pay him that much. That's why they traded him. Yeah. But yeah, he's two hundred fifty. The, the, the twelfth man thinking that he should walk away from all that money that's, and opportunity. That's where it's a little insane. Like, would you well, walk I away? Remember from that? when Kirby Puckett was maybe going to leave and people were getting all wound when up? When Joe Mauer, well, yeah. Joe Mauer, everybody, yeah, Kevin I Garnett. Guess, geez, you have, once you sign with a team, I mean, isn't that kind of old fashioned? Yeah, but he in the end they wanted him to have the chance to win the game. They didn't give Russell Wilson the chance to win the game. They put it in their kicker's foot, sixty-two and, yards, and he missed it twice. No, no one, no one makes, no one makes. That even yeah. I know that there was a 66 yarder made on Sunday. He just this guy that they put out on the field has never made anything over 60 yards. So it's it was just a completely blown coaches thing. And we're still talking about sports. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, please. I, I like move them. On. No, I'm ready to move <laughs> but people on. People like them. Yeah, Lori, yeah. Football's the number one thing people watch it on is. TV. Okay, that's fine. But that's not our audience, right? Now. I, so I, I can pretty much bet it is. It is a ten. But you engaged and you started the conversation. I did. I did. I did. <laughs> Anything go on too long in oh, that yeah. respect? Okay, so, so that's why I stopped. Start. Whatever yeah. you want. That wasn't. We covered it in depth. And once when he starts talking like a sports agent, I'm gone. That's when I knew I saw your face. You I was did. like, ah, I'm gone. I'm like, oh, now we're getting the sports agent talk, and he, the rest of the audience is with he, me, and I'm speaking up for the people. I love Julia. it, Lori. You're one for the people. That's right. No, the thing I want to talk about because I saw this this morning on the Today Show. And they just showed a clip of it, and um, Grant posted this for us. So uh, Roger Freeman said that Paramount is releasing this movie with the strong hopes for an Oscar. Because the two movies right now that Friedman said is the buzz in Hollywood for Oscars are 
The Fablemans, the Steven Spielberg, Spielberg story. And then a movie called The Empire of Light. And now Damien Chazelle, who directed La La Land, won an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Or did he win an Oscar? Well, he's he's directing Babylon. Direct, yeah, he's directing Babylon. And this is a movie with Margot Robbie, Brad Pitt, seeing the trailer. Now we see Gene Smart is in it. Blink and you miss him. Miss him. Miss him. Toby McGuire. And it seems like this is. Is this set in the 30s? Hollywood? I'd say that. Yeah. 40s, 30s. 40s. Yeah. It seems very decadent. Yeah, it seems looks like fabulous. It looks. It's all about making movies. So looks Hollywood fabulous. loves movies about making movies. Yeah. And Brad Pitt is a movie star. And Margot Robbie is Ugh. chewing up the scenery. And it, looks good. Uh, it really. <laughs> really looks good. There's a lot going on for sure. Yeah, a lot of story and so many big names in it. Yeah. You yeah. know, and well, Brad Pitt with his dark hair, slick back hair looking like, well, he kind of looked like my grandfather looked in I'm the sorry. 30s. I'm sorry. No, I think he looked hot. No, I my grandfather was very hot in the oh. 30s. He had this slick back hair and a little yeah. mustache and he looked like a movie star. Yeah. You know, it looked good. Yeah, that, of that era. Too. Not yeah. he didn't look like a grandpa. I just mean of the 30s when they all wore that I love the grease combat hair. The grease combat pencil mustache the pens- with a nice hat, like yeah. a little yeah. you know, fedora type fedora hat. Oh so, gosh. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, people are excited about that. And so, you know, Brad's looking good in that margot robbie looks like she's basically the star of it mm-hmm. the focus kind of seems to be on her and brad and G- jennifer aniston bought oprah's uh montecito farmhouse i don't know I if know you it. knew that I wonder last why. Week. well she wanted to have a place up in montecito julia okay. she's thinking ahead for the la earthquake and she can't just be in Air. she's got to have a place <laughs> to go to on e- one side of the coast or the other but yeah, yeah, apparently Oprah broke up her like three mile Montecito estate. estate and is selling off. And I'm sure she's just like, I'm only going to sell it to people that she likes because she told, yep. sold two of her small cottages to Bob Green mm-hmm. for two million dollars. OK, that to me seems like a deal for Montecito. Yeah. For two and, small cottages. And Bob 100%. Green was her chef. That's right. Mm-hmm. Personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And I guess he's her property manager. So he got a good yeah. deal. On house. Uh, yeah, there you yeah, go. Yeah. So mm-hmm. she's buying this uh, other one acre plot. And uh, uh, yeah, she's uh, not far from Prince Harry and Meghan and, you know, Ariana and Rob Lowe and Ellen, all of her friends. All of her friends right there. <laughs> and then the ironic fashion photo. I love that that was what you wanted us to talk about instead. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> My God, we had to get off that sports talk. <laughs> I Lord. know, I could see yeah, it. I've been oh, no. crazy. I was and so then happy. I have this to tell you. You knew we're both happy, but she was just like, But see in it. New York today, the photo op was at New York Fashion Week, and it was, um, I'm not sure what fashion, it was the Michael Kors show. And uh, Bella Hadid wore the most amazing dress to start out with. But sitting side by side. In the front row. In the front row. Of course, Anna Wintour with her sunglasses. Of and course. right next to her, Anne Hathaway. Love it. The Devil Wears Prada. That's right. Mm-hmm. Andy Sachs sitting right next to her boss. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Here's what Patrick Richards, the London guy, oh. said about, because he saw the warm-up of um, the Devil Wears Prada, the Broadway play that's yeah. mm-hmm. trying out in Chicago. Yeah. yeah, He said the music is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The story is pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. But they didn't put any money into the costuming yet. 
because he expects more from right. Amanda Priestley and everything, you know, and the clothes and stuff. But he said the music's phenomenal. Okay, good. So that might be one okay. that works. Yeah. So, and Anne was looking, you know. She's lovely. She had like a really cute leather. Um, Leather's all, everyone buy leather. Ever, you already was, have yours. I already told you though, I, or maybe yeah. I didn't, but in Paris, said, I saw so many leather skirts and shirts, even on the hot days. That is in. Forget Breathable leather. I don't know what it, it seemed like. Leather, pleather. It's, mm-hmm. It seemed like a mix of combinations. I think I've never had a pair of leather pants you in haven't? my life. No, really? I've had a leather skirt, but not pants. I feel like I can I've miss had a couple it. pair. I've of had a course you have. Yeah, my goodness. Of course you have. I, know. I also right. had one of those rubber um, dresses. Dresses in the eighties. Mm-hmm. You are such a fashionista. I don't know how do we compete. I don't know. I was always. And she's got her outfits picked up for three weeks away for Project Down. No, I don't. No, I, I feel don't. settled. I know what I'm wearing. Yeah. Well, I do feel settled. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen, we'll be right back with the dirt alert. This is a My Talk Dirt Alert. Hey, Holly. Hey, Lori and Julie. Hi. What's happening in the dirty world out there? Uh, Well, you know what? We're going to start this Dirt Alert off with some Wendy Williams news. The Hollywood Reporter saying that Wendy Williams has entered a wellness facility seeking help to manage her overall health issues. Is that what they call rehab now? A wellness facility? Yes, this is according to her publicist issuing a statement uh, that says the following. She's taking some time to focus on her health and wellness as she prepares for a major comeback for the next level in her career. Why does she keep doing that? She needs to fire her publicist. I mean, that is is not good uh, publicity right there. It just adds to the whole delusion of everything. Yeah, you know, they're hyping the ever elusive Mm -hmm. The Wendy Williams Experience podcast, Mm -hmm. which has an unusual Instagram account that randomly shares Wendy Williams fan account pictures and not a lot else. Now, yeah. her publicist also going on to say Ms. Williams is being treated by a team of some of the best doctors in the world. Um, we ask for your prayers and well wishes during right, this time. There you go. I guess that's the new thing that, that some rich people will call rehab is wellness centers. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's what they called them in the 30s. Yeah. Remember? Uh, I feel yeah. like that was the name. Let's yeah. go to a wellness. Well, they had, they call them sanitarium. That's yeah, that's what they were. Where you get your bowl of cornflakes, mm-hmm. uh-huh. so you wouldn't, you know, have any carnal urges. Exactly, <laughs> saltpeter. Mm-hmm. I believe mm-hmm. is what they called. I've read too many books. <laughs> uh, well, uh, you know, I uh, curious. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there the unidentified alien podcast or uap for short there's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world and the beauty of it is that i bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe download and subscribe to uap on any of the major podcasting platforms and you can also find it on uappodcast.com i'm bradley trainer and i'm don mcclain we have a podcast called blinded by the item a blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out it's a guessing game and you can play along the item might be like this a-list star carries a birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out pretty sure that's j-lo and p.s the person behind all of this is chris jenner llc we drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends blinded by the item listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the blinded by the item youtube channel 
have either of you guys checked out Sherry, the new Sherry Shepard talk show? Well, Lori has been off. Yeah, I have it on the DVR, but I I, I just haven't watched it, her first show yet. But or her second show. Tentative plants. To yes, watch, no, Sherry. I've got I've got three of them there, and I think I'll probably just jump with, with whatever she had on today or whoever was the best guest. Wonderful. Well, that just premiered Monday, so there's mm-hmm. literally three episodes yeah. of Sherry to choose from. Uh, so yeah, Wendy Williams at a wellness facility. Yeah. Well, I wonder if people tune in to Sherry. It'll be interesting. There's a lot of daytime talk shows on right now. Right. And uh, Sherry Shepard going up against newbie Jennifer Hudson. Mm-hmm. And, and Tamron Hall mm-hmm. and Drew Barrymore and Ryan and Kelly and Hoda and, you know, G-May. I mean, there's so much daytime. There really you can is. Get there is. That stuff. I mean, Twin Cities Live, we have here. I mean, you know, we have a lot. We do. In the daytime. So it'll be interesting to see if Sherry sticks. Yeah, we shall see. I like her. I I like like her. her. I I like her, but I don't know that she's going to be my girl. Yeah, I know. I don't feel the need for her in my life. And Jerry. um, I love Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, over at the talk, but his hair is dyed such a tragic dark brown. I can't believe Rebecca Romaine is not saying to him, darling. You cannot have Sharpies for eyebrows, even if you're on daytime TV. Oh, no, he's doing it to the eyebrows, too? It's all the drapes are matching. Oh, Mm -hmm. well, you know. All the curtains. I don't know what's going on down below, but it's jarring. To see it? Okay, oh, so funny. That's why I've always admired how Mick Jagger colors his hair. Paul McCartney used to have tragically dyed bad hair when he was with the gold digger lady. Heather Heather Mills. Mills. Remember how dark his hair was? Terrible. And it was just terrible. And we're like, that's because this younger person is trying to get you to... But Rebecca, they're like the same age. I don't know if it's a producer or whatever, but it is highly distracting as a viewer. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> I see what you mean now. Now I'm over at his uh, uh-huh. social media account. I'm telling you, Ollie, I just want somebody to help him because he's so <laughs> funny. It's just distracting. You send him a tweet. <laughs> help him out. Help. Can't you help out a, a talk show host yeah, over on, on CBS? Uh, let's talk about this project that Matthew McConaughey was going to start filming in mere weeks that has now since had its uh, plug pulled. Dallas Sting was a project set to star Matthew McConaughey and directed by the person behind the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But this movie is done only six weeks away from beginning production and was almost fully cast. And apparently it's no longer being filmed because of some serious allegations, disturbing allegations surrounding aspects of the true story on which the drama is based. It's Who is ba- it based on? It's based on a Dallas girls soccer team in 1984. They traveled to China and against the odds defeated some of the best women's teams in the world. Oh my God. Yeah. Is it a made-up story? No, or it's what, a true what, but story. But what would the allegations be? Well, that some of the stuff that's in this true story are not true. And Matthew plays the coach. And that's what I'm thinking. He plays the coach. And who knows if there was, like, shenanigans. of some, I, I don't know. It must be serious enough. That is... Huge, because I think they were doing it with a big studio. Wow. Matthew McConaughey uh, was, you know, in the lead. Uh, Caitlin Dever, who starred in Booksmart and Dope Stick. 
or Dope Stick. Yeah. Dope, Dope Stick, we love her. We just saw her at the Emmys the yeah. other night. Yes, we did. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Ticket to Paradise. She was cast as the coach's daughter, and apparently the production spent a considerable amount of effort and wow. money in an extensive audition process because it seemed like they wanted to find actual soccer players mm-hmm. to play the girls on the team. I wonder what, the, I hope the Hollywood Reporter of Variety or somebody's digging into what was what's the big thing in the story that's not true and that's maybe the actually the opposite well think about disturbing allegations i think it would yeah. be sexual assault mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean i'm trying to think of there's more to the story that coach might have been a pervert and they were in you know, china right and maybe it's based on somebody's book and it wasn't very vetted or right. whatever you know they didn't hire a true detective See what yeah. I did there? I saw it. Because Matthew <laughs> there, McConaughey was in True Detective on HBO. Oh, there are lots of potential reasons why. And did a little digging, and none of the trades are saying anything more. Wow. They, you know who they should he should have had involved? Jessica Biel, because she knows how to get a true story made she does, and brought right? to the screen. She's done it not once, but twice. Yeah, it could go any number of ways. It could go the way that Julia said, you know, yeah. uh, some truly disturbing, mm-hmm. maybe of What's a sexual What's the name nature. of the movie again? It was uh, going to be called Dallas Sting. Dallas Sting. I'm also thinking that, you know, when you're making movies in Hollywood about China, sometimes that can be a very sensitive maybe, topic. Maybe China said, you no, can't make this, we won't distribute it. Well, no, they don't. Hollywood doesn't care about that. Hollywood cares, cares if about, they can make movie in. They can, they make, can make money, money there. On that's it what I'm there. saying. So maybe yeah. they didn't like something in it. Possibly, yeah, so, but I think it's something that's in the true story itself, and it's got actually nothing to do with China because so it's just a sports story. Well, we shall see. Maybe if we get more info. Yeah, we'll get more info. Or maybe this is just one of those things where they're just going to let it go quietly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we won't Ow. know. Let's talk about a celebrity divorce. Scooter Braun, mega manager, has settled his divorce. And we're learning that uh, he is keeping his $65 million home, his private jet, his art. But he is going to be paying $20 million to his now ex-wife. That's all? That's well, all. I'm just saying. I'm just. How like, long were they married? Oh, they've got like three kids. And... Yeah, they've been married since July of 2014. They have three children. They're going to share joint Eight legal. years. Mm-hmm. And legal custody mm-hmm. of their three kids. Uh, now, TMZ sources are saying that divorce, the divorce is amicable. And, uh, you know, she will uh, remain in their $30 million oh. family home in Brentwood. Oh, oh right. Because so I was going to say, yeah. and he's also paying for all the kids' yeah, medical, yeah, yeah. all yeah. their schooling. Every, yeah, so she's She probably just, has spousal support on top of it. Yeah. That's yeah. her lump sum. Right, but, I mean, he sold that business for, I mean, for $350 million. I'm right. just saying she didn't have as good of a lawyer as there he did. There you go. Well, he has more Wasser. Oh, there you go. Well, that explains why she she got screwed in the divorce, for sure. All right. Well, we solved that mystery. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Thanks, Holly. Thank you. Julia, you're never going to guess where the inspiration for this week's vintage scandal accidentally came from. So a week ago Sunday, Mm -hmm. when I landed in Paris, I went to the Gallery Dior Museum. And one of the things... That I discovered at the museum. I'm going to just show you a dress on my phone. I I'm love a... that dress. You posted it on our Instagram. Yeah. I love that dress. It's a Dior dress from the 50s. And one of the things that, because they had photos of different people. And one of the, uh, someone who was very, very, very fond of Dior fashion was Princess Margaret. And Princess Margaret introduced Queen Elizabeth to Dior also okay and we and then when she died i thought and i remember thinking at the time at the gallery door 
the, we have such a fixed image of Queen Elizabeth in our mind with her coat and her hat. And, you know, she looks like your grandmother. You know, we've had this long the image. most colorful grandmother. Right, right. But I, I thought going through this exhibit, it's scandalous that people... I wonder in what ways Queen Elizabeth changed fashion because she was a young queen. She was 25 when she was called for, on her honeymoon. Yes. Your father has died and you are now the queen. Get home. And we see that portrayed in the, in the crown. In the crown. You know? She's on this romantic honeymoon with her right. Philip and in the most life romantic changes. life changes. And I thought how scandalous that we don't realize. So anyway, um, you don't realize that she was as iconic in her fashion as Princess Diana was, Kate Middleton, Meghan Markle. And the way she uh, changed it is that um, she she just didn't, it wasn't important to her that people remember her, the way she changed fashion for other, for regular people. Royal fashion changed forever by having a young queen. Sure. And so... One of the things right away in 1947 with her wedding dress, and it is the most uh, gorgeous dress with all these embellished flowers, and it's just so, so pretty. And when she married him, it was a Norman Hartnell wedding gown. And if you remember, we read the book. The uh, Wedding Veil. The Wedding Veil. And Norman Hartnell was the famous wedding dress designer that you know worked with Queen Elizabeth and... That's a wonderful story. I love that book. It was so good. And it had 10,000 seed pearls and embroidery. And women in the United Kingdom were so excited about the wedding that they mailed their post-World War II ration coupons to the princess so she could put them towards this very pricey gown. And she, of course, returned them. But she was very touched at how many people cared. Sure. And she did not do a dress that any other that anyone had done before she right. it was her own collaboration mm-hmm. with him and it was considered you know very it was lovely it's so gorgeous at it. yeah and then her coronation gown mm-hmm. so she marries philip in 1947 so they do have six fun years together um where they are not you know uh obligated to things so when she got her coronation Again, Norman Hartnell did it. And the thing that she did that changed and other royals started doing this, Monaco, other people took note, is that, and Meghan Markle followed Queen Elizabeth, she had all this embroidery on the coronation gown with his, of English roses, English thistles, Irish shamrocks, Australian wattles. Whatever love, that is. Okay, that made me just laugh. Okay. You know Grant in Australian, Australian Waddle. I don't know what that is, but it's a very heavy, it's beautiful, her coronation gown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 60 years later, Meghan Markle basically, you know, gets a hand-embroidered flora from each of the Commonwealth countries right. in her wedding veil. And that was inspired. That is how much... People started like doing that. That became a thing. In 1962, Queen Elizabeth is, you know, whatever, 32 or whatever the heck she is, or in her 30s, she wears another Norman Hartnell to the Lawrence of Arabia premiere. Because, you know, oh. they love to do their premieres oh, yes. in London. And it was a sleeveless ivory taffeta gown that was encrusted with all these diamond, uh, diamante accents. 
Oh, look at you. I know. Look I, at you throwing your fashion words out there. Yeah, and then the white gloves, but it is so pretty. And that sparked the Diamante craze of putting that rhinestone-like looking, but it's much finer looking, mm-hmm. in dresses. Beautiful. It, it, yeah. Norman Hartwell, Hart, Hartnell, Hartnell, you just have to go Google it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful dresses. And um, that dress, pinned, uh Princess Beatrice made into her wedding dress. She did, but she added like light lace sleeves. Yeah, she did. But the wow. fact that she yes. was able to wear her grandmother's this amazing dress, you know, it would have been kept in pristine condition. And, um, you know, so at some point, you know, down the road, probably in her late 40s, she got into the Please. matching dress, jacket, right. hats kind of a thing. But there are pictures of Queen Elizabeth and Princess Margaret was a very, you know, that movie, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, Princess Margaret. I have not was, seen that yet. I haven't either, but it's about a woman and it. loves it. But Princess Margaret was a huge Dior fan. But she also was able, she did, I thought about that when I was in Paris on the day that she died. And I thought, you know, this whole week, Casey and I have just been enjoying running around Paris. Just the two of us together were sitting in, and I think, you know, all of her, she never got to sit in a cafe ever. Never got to be a person. In really. that way. Yeah. I mean, up until a certain age. But, you know, I just thought, oh, my gosh. You know, that's what they mean never about be- the royal, the duty. And that's what people really loved and appreciated about her. And she did popularize. Um, and she did it with art and class. Because, yes. like you said, King Charles has already been... Upset that he doesn't have enough ink in the inkwell like three times. He's gotten mad at a pen. He's gotten mad at a date. <laughs> He's done it in front of cameras. And uh, also the other thing that Queen Elizabeth did um, is that it became increasingly important to, quote unquote, be a diplomatic dresser. Mm-hmm. And when she went to Ireland in 2011, she was the first British monarch to visit Ireland in over 100 years. Her grandfather had been there in 1911, King George V. So she wore this green coat with a matching floral dress, and she sent a message of unity uh, with her outfit and even went on to astonish the crowd by starting her speech speaking in Irish. Okay, so that's what I saw yesterday at 4 in the morning when I got up. Yes, yeah, so it's this green dress and it's got a flower on it that yep. looks like something that grows in England. And so then, you know, people, other people are like, oh, diplomatic dressing, go in the colors of the country. And, yes, and speak their language if you can. And yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So she, you know, um, uh, and then, of course, you know, she, she, you know, went, was very game with the whole London you know, Olympics. Oh, she was darling. That was so yes. cute. That was yep. very, very cute. And uh, the queen, you know, uh, got, um, you know, very memeable because she would always wear really bright colors. So she would stand out in a crowd mm-hmm. like that lime green. We were talking about the Seahawks. Mm-hmm. She wore that to the trooping of the color in 2016. And she just blazed out of that balcony if you look at that photo of her and it's a meme of her because she's smiling and she's just that kind of became a meme of her in this lime suit in 2016 so because everybody else just sort of washes away in the background even you know with the guys in their red uniforms and stuff and so she yeah she she got a kick i think out of 
all of that. And it was called Neon at 90, I think was the hashtag that that inspired. Oh, um, because it went viral yeah. on social media if yeah. you if you look at it. So kind of. You know, and there was an art and a grace, and I think that's what, you know, King Charles is just going to really have a hard time with. Camilla is going to, ha- to have her I can full. see her like. He's going to be a moody bitch. Yeah, he really mm-hmm. is. He really is. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. <laughs> moody and salty. Yep, 100%. All right, listen, um, there you go. So just a little vintage. Okay, we got stuff. invited to something special that I can't wait to okay. tell you guys about when we come back. All right, thanks for hanging out with us, everybody. Um, All right, so Lori and Grant, we have been invited to a special, special first time in their history um, in the Forefront Movement, which I'm going to tell you is opening their doors to journalists. Mm -hmm. And if I say the word ayahuasca, Ayahuasca. Oh, yeah, I want to ah. try it. Yeah, I want to yeah. try it. No, okay. There was no yeah. hesitation. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But in a controlled um, environment. Area. Okay. Environment, so yeah. we might have to fight over this invitation. Okay. So we have been invited to the Luxury Mushroom Retreat, retreat Center. Where is it? It's in Mexico? In, no, it's in Vancouver. Oh, well, we're not going. It's, it's, um, the founders of the Journeyman Collective. Mm-hmm. And um, what's funny is on Sunday, one of my boys was over and he was telling me about Aaron Rodgers. We were talking about the Green Bay Packers and he's just a changed man since his mushroom experience. Mm-hmm. And he knew a lot about it. And um, I was a changed woman after my mushroom experience. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Not a woman, but changed yeah. man. <laughs> I never laughed so hard. Oh, I, know I know it. Oh my gosh. But okay. still. Well, we so, just admitted something. Yeah. Well, but I was, it was 19, you know. Oh, 80. that makes it okay. okay. Yeah. Um, right. Thanks. <laughs> okay. So there is a documentary, How to Change Your Mind, that kind of talks about Aaron Rodgers' off, uh, you know, experience, yeah. off season. Mm-hmm. And he's open to getting back with his family again and many yeah. fences and doing things. Because he's still such a douchebag. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. True. So anyway, we could go there and we could they're looking for um volunteers. Um guiding clients through contemporary ceremonies. Um one reporter I wish this was in Arizona. Yeah. You know? Extraordinary transformation mm-hmm. experience that often results in accelerating visitors' success. But Vancouver's Ooh, that would be fun, too. I know. The benefits of emotional clearing and healing of multi-generational patterns. I don't have yeah, any of that, but... It's featured know. in Forms Bloomberg. Anyway. I think the guy I that wrote this was on him when he wrote it. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no. My goodness. It's the Journeyman Collective, and mm-hmm. Rob and Gary have invited us... Rob and Gary. ...to um, go on a press boondoggle. Well, well I'm going to have to respectfully just say no to that. I'm not going to have time in my schedule to mm-hmm. get to Vancouver I and, still in have the fall of the winter. Maybe Grant can go. Yeah, and, I still have a few vacation days yeah, left you if do. you want to pass yeah. that on. I yeah, could be a guinea right. pig. I'll give, wink, it, wink. I'll give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, we are looking for the seventh caller at 651-641-1071. We, we have tickets to the Avalanche. Did I pronounce it right? No. Avalanche. avalanche. Why do you call it an avalanche? It's so fancy. Because when I'm going down in my snowstorm, I want the best name. You want the possible. avalanche. The avalanche experience. Yeah, I the know. The Minnesota Wild. Yes. We've got a pair of preseason hockey tickets for the September 25th game at Excel Energy Center. Hockey's coming back. Call us, 651-641-1071. Yes, please. I'm going down in style. Seventh caller will win. Thank you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's an avalanche, you guys. Oh, yeah. my God. It's an it's avalanche. Coming. 
Grinch. It's coming. Oh, oh my God. People be like, what? Pizza? So, uh, Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. Quentin Brunson is on. And last Tonight. night, you know, he did, he, he talked did. about the Emmys and he showed Guillermo does that thing backstage back to back where he they does. hold up mirrors and drink tequila. It's such a hysterical. Guillermo's hysterical. A bit. But he didn't say anything about, you know, being involved in basically, you know, people were so furious with him that he didn't get up and leave the floor yeah. of the Emmys and stuff. So, I'm sure they. He deliberately was saving all of that because Kunt is on and they are friends. Yeah, and you they'll know, discuss it tonight. They'll talk about it tonight. Yeah. But then over on Seth Meyers, Elizabeth Moss was on promoting the next season of The Handmaiden. You know, she starred in that eight episode series, The Shining Girls, which we had that book on. We Lauren read the book, Bukas, but and it we was ne- never watched is it. about the scary time traveling serial killer. Yeah, I don't know that you finished it. Of course, I because didn't. that book was scaring the crap out of it you. Was, I remember the bright yellow cover. It was so good, such a good book. But I never watched her series either. But uh, she's talking to Seth about the Hammond's tale, and I thought, does anyone want to go to the depressing world of Gilead when we've got already all this stuff going on in our world? And she said it's well, the Lori, last and final season. That's so funny that you say that because you went to the zombie world, apocalyptic but, world. But the zombie apocalyptic world, I comforted myself with, okay, there is this virus There's out worse. there. But it could be a zombie. The, this is the least is not happening. That was escapism. Gilead and what's going on. With, it's a hard thing. Uh, yeah, with everything that's going yeah. on. It was just, but, you know, she, Some she is a charming person on the couch and she told a very cute story to Seth about the very first time she went to the Emmys nominated for Mad Men. She'd never had hair and makeup, you know, had a gown, was all excited to walk on the red carpet and Seth goes, that's a humbling place, that red carpet. And she goes, oh boy, is it ever. And Especially I thought, when no one knows who you are. Exactly. Or people are looking over your shoulder for that. And she found her, which we did all the time. All the time. And she found herself Everyone was yelling, but they weren't yelling at her because she found herself coming down the red carpet and the person in front of her. John Ham. Jennifer Lopez. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No way. Yeah, she was just like, um, excuse me, ma'am, can I get by you? Right. I mean, it was just kind of a funny, uh, cute red carpet story because like, she's like, uh, I don't want to follow this lady the whole way down the red carpet because right. no one is going to want to take a no picture one. of me. No one. So that was, it was She's, kind of... She is cute. Yeah, it was cute. And I doubt those were the only two late night shows I got to last night. I didn't watch, uh, I didn't watch Colbert or Corden. I didn't watch And him. I didn't know who Andy had on. If I don't know he their names... He didn't have on people we know. Yeah. If I don't know those people, yeah, I certainly hope he doesn't have any of those boring, uh, real um, girlfriends of Paris. They are so bad. So that he would have been better getting real French housewives. You know, that speak in lovely, lightly accented French English than these these twenty something year old expats that are living. You there. did not like it at all. Oh la la. Oh, not I enough scenery. I know it. I know it. <laughs> uh what else? Oh, Kevin Smith then followed. Um that was what I wanted to tell you. He followed um Elizabeth Moss, you know, clerks, I think is yeah, the yeah. movie he's the best known for. Also, always wearing a hat backwards, and he lost a lot he of weight. He was in Mall Rats too. Mall Rats, yes. yeah, yeah. And Jay and Silent Bob is his yes, other big his one. Yes, his other one. But he was invited to Ben and Jen's wedding in South Carolina, yes. or wherever it was. And he, Georgia, Georgia. Georgia thank you. That's yeah. where it was. He, no, this was on the View yesterday. That's where I saw it. He told the ladies, 
He I said, can't believe he said this. Yeah. He said Ben is his own biggest fan, so he wrote a 12-page speech of wedding vows. To I hope he didn't read it all. Oh, he did. He did. He did. That is like, you know, J-Lo... On the J-Lo, which I subscribe to, Joel. So do for I. Us. Okay. But I didn't open it. Oh, my gosh. You can't believe how she went on and on um, about... Um, she even let everyone know that basically everyone had uh, diarrhea a couple of days before the celebration. Because why? I, they all got a stomach bug. She let us know that. I mean, I don't know that I okay, need to think I about J-Lo and Ben with diarrhea, but she told us. <laughs> This and then and then twelve pages of wedding vows. That just sounds like agony. Oh, hmm. okay. This reminds me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the Polish woman that won the U.S. Open. Her name is Iga. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, she was on the Today Show the oh. couple days on Monday. So the day before, when she played the semifinals match and won, the Mary Mary whoever was the, the yeah. commentators yeah, 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 yeah. said, "You know, you seem to have changed after you took you know a bathroom break. Can you talk about that?" And she goes, "Yeah, yeah." I was relieved. I, I I took a dump or something. And then, and then you just watched everyone's yeah. face. And then she just started to get red and more red. And and the commentator didn't laugh about it or anything. Oh, no. I thought we could have laughed so hard. And then oh, she came course. out a day later. I'm so embarrassed because she really just did say. Because if you have to go to the bathroom and you're playing tennis, you can't just go. If you, you have to, to go to the bathroom doing anything, you know, it is highly uncomfortable and right. relief ensues. And then when you're running around, I mean, but yeah, it was the funniest I mean, thing you ever heard. She just was honest about it. And she's so cool. darling and she's she really so dominant. Cute. Whoa, can she hit? Yeah. But I thought that was the cutest thing. Well, and listen, during the Emmys, they had a whole <laughs> uh, Garden of Life ad about women being proud to say they poop and poop. I was just appalled. I went, I, I just right. started fast forwarding. I was like, what is this doing on during the Emmys? It was an ad during the Emmys. What's it for? It, some like a, a, a lady met a musel. Oh, for crying out loud. Yeah, Activia. It goes back to the book, Everybody Poops. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll be, we'll be back tomorrow. Have a great night. Job done. Off you go. All right.